people today might come to know the hope that is in Christ Jesus and the peace that through your word, Lord, we will not be despaired, we will not be dismayed, nor we will be confounded because what is happening around the world. May your word comfort us. May your promise give us faith and hope in you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. The title of my message today is The Mark of Peace. For those who are in Christ, for those who are found their path, their way in Christ, situation may arise, we'll be shocked a little bit, but then we remember the word of Christ. We remember, we, we remember what Christ the Lord has said and promised. Then we find comfort and peace when we believe in the word that was spoken over us. And this is the word that Jesus Christ says, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. There are two actions in this word, in this verse that we can learn from. The first one is, let not your heart, meaning your heart is something that you can control. Think about your heart is a, not just an organ, but it's the, the factory of all your emotion. It's what causes you to act and behave or think a certain way. So when the Lord says, let not your heart, meaning you can control, you can decide how you will act and behave and allow your mind to think. We can speak to the heart and we can tell the heart, don't be troubled, don't be confused, don't, don't fear. And he says in the second part of this verse, he said, believe in God and believe also in me. Jesus knew that he would be tortured and crucified. He also knew that disciples who have been with him for the past three years will forsake him, will run away, and abandon him at the cross. He knew that one of his disciples was a traitor. He knew also that the one, the most famous disciple, will deny him, not once, not twice, but three times. He also knew that most of the disciples were abandoned. He had to command his heart not to be afraid. Now you see, the first part of this verse, believe you in God, believe also in me. So for Jesus Christ, he believed in the Father. He knew that his heart has to be turned to the Father and his faith has to be turned to the Father. Jesus Christ was forsaken by God on the cross. So on the cross, he famously said, My God, my God, why art thou forsaken me? In the midst of trouble, in a time of calamity and great distress, when everyone seemed to be forsaken us, and especially his closest friends, his disciples, and also his own God forsake him on the cross. And the thing that he decides to tell his disciples or, teach, or taught his disciples were, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. The followers of Jesus Christ have this mark, and that is the mark of peace. When he took on this task of saving the world, he knew all this was going to happen to him. And we know that in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, he gladly, 1 and 2, he gladly went to the cross and died for the joy that was set before him. There's a peace that Christ has, and that same peace we can have if we believe in God and we believe in Jesus Christ. We're living in a troubled world, and all this happened just to show you how corrupted the foundation. When we think we have everything all mapped out, this tiny little thing happened, and everything seemed to be crumbling down. We don't have the infrastructure we think we should have. We don't have the organization that we think we should have. Just look at the church. We're totally not prepared for this. 
Look at our local, look at our federal, look at the world, look at the government, look at the hospitals, look at the, all the places. Everything that happens right now is, let's wait, let's put every, everyone in a box and quarantine everyone and see what happens next until we figure it out. So we know that despite everything that you see and everything that you think you know about the world and how it behaves and operates, it's corrupted inside. And all this does is that it reveals what is broken, what is not working. For some of us, we lost our jobs. To show you how fragile that the economy can be, how fragile our jobs, our employment can be, how fragile our lives can be at this time. John chapter 16, verse 33. These things I have spoken unto you that ye might have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Everything that he has spoken here, all the words that are written in red, he told you what would become of the world. He spoke this so that we believe in him, so that we would have peace when these times would come. And Christian and the churches are the, the sanctuary for people who are lost at this time, and they would need to know where to find peace. And where would you find peace at this time? Would you believe anyone that says that things would be fine? You look at the world today, and you know that you can't believe that. No one knows how long this will last. No one knows how long this will go on. But here's the word that Jesus says. These things have I spoken unto you that in me ye might have peace. So only in Christ, only those who have the mark of Christ will have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Now Jesus Christ did all this, and he accomplished all this, and he went to the cross, and he died, and he resurrected. So he did overcome the world. If we were to put our hope, if I, were to, I was to put my hope in anything, I would put my hope in the one who had promised and fulfilled that promise. And Jesus Christ fulfilled that promise when he was on the cross and he died, just like he said, and three days later he resurrected, just like he said. Life is brutal. Everything that we think that we have suddenly will disappear. These things Everything that he said, all the words in the gospel, he said these things, he's spoken to us, and what our responsibility is that we should know these things. We should learn these things, and we should, should, we should put these things into our minds and into our hearts so that we would not be troubled and have peace. The disciples were scattered. Every person would become selfish and care only for themselves. People fight each other for things. When trouble happens, people become self-aware and more self-aware than they are anyone else but the bible teaches us to live differently mind not on your own things but also on the things of others let this mind be in you which was also in christ jesus so we need to possess the mind of jesus christ especially at this time where everyone only care for themselves don't be surprised because he had told you already the life of jesus christ is the model for every christian's life the violence of life should not be a surprise to a christian in the first 250 years of the church, every Christian was persecuted. They were not surprised. They knew this was coming. We should not be surprised that life is hard, life is difficult, life is brutal. We must believe in his word and we need to model our lives in such a way that we can be of service to people who are in need. That ye be not soon shaken in mind, nor be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word, nor by letters, as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 2. 
the Apostle Paul warns the church to not be shaken because these things will happen. Calamity, trouble, brutality, violence, these things will happen. Now, if we prepare and we know that the world will hate us, the world will turn the anger and the frustration of the church, just like in the times of old, then these things will not move us. We'll not become, well, surprised by it. You can't get what you want in life. We never get what we want in life. Life is never fair. People are mean. Things don't go our ways. That's just the, the way things are. Then which way should we go? The Lord says that, let not your heart be troubled. If you are able to face the storm and navigate through the storm, then when the storm comes, you, you know what to do. For us as the church, we need to prepare ourselves for the storm, for the incoming storm. I can't tell you how long this will last. I can't tell you whether or not after this week there's another order to tell you, well, we don't know when this is going to end. We see the numbers keep on rising. We see the death tolls keep on rising. Or the churches are, are now trying to figure out what we should, should do. We should be prepared. We should find ways. And this is the time when you at home and we are here at the church, we need to come together. We need to figure out how we can create an environment so that we can encourage each other and we can be a place for other people to find peace, to find rest in this place, in this time when there are so much uncertainty. The way of the cross, Matthew chapter 11, verse 12. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent taketh by force. The strong, the ones who are willing to take it by force, will be able to come to the door, kingdom of heaven, because people don't want to go. When times are good, they want to enjoy life. When times are hard, they want to hide. But the church and the Christian, we're here to, like the angels that came to Sodom, we're here to come into the city that we know that will be destroyed. And we need to tell them, hey, let's go. And they don't want to. And oftentimes, we need to take their hands and drag them out because the city is going to burn. Now, they might hate us. They will hate us. And some of them might turn back. The reality is some will be saved. John was beheaded because he preached the gospel. You see, the kingdom of God suffers violence. For us, if we want to be in the kingdom, if we want to bring people in the kingdom, we need to be prepared to take, to take some beating for the kingdom of God. Paul quoted Isaiah in saying, For thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Romans chapter 8, verse 36. The apostles, all those people who went before us, they laid down their lives for the gospel so that we can have what we have today. You know, it's time for us to figure out how we can navigate this new terrain and figure out how we can deliver the hope, the peace that the Lord has promised. The citizens of the kingdom of heaven, we must get there first, and then we will have the mark of peace. When we come back, we can help other people toward the kingdom of God. The Christian must deny himself, despise the sufferings and the shame, just like the Lord facing the cross, and tread toward the cross. It's hard. It's difficult. The way to Calvary was hard. Jesus couldn't carry his own cross. Someone else has to carry it for him. But there was a joy that was set before him. He willingly do it. We can't do everything that we want to do because we don't have the strength. But the Holy Spirit is here, and the Holy Spirit will help us to move toward the cross. And you know, in the end, suffering and shame and death is the path of those who are called to be Christ's disciples, if you have the peace of God, then we can march there without fear, without, unless you are willing to do it. 
unless there is a joy that you can see beyond the suffering and the shame that is there, we won't be able to do it. And the peace of God has to be with us, and that is endowed by Christ himself. No easy way. Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 and 14. Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. A couple of things that I want to note here. Number one, the contrast between the wide and narrow road. Number two, there are many, and then there are few. The wide road, the road that everyone wants to be on, is the popular one, is the one that has the most likes, the most hearts, and that's the wide road, the road that everyone's enjoyed to be there. And a lot of people will be on there, a lot of people will find it. Many there be which go in there, meaning a lot of people see these roads and they want to go there. But the straight and narrow, there are few. Now note this word, there are few there be that find it, not even see it, but be able to find the straight and narrow. The way to everlasting life, the way to the kingdom of God is hard, it's narrow. And you need to invest your time and energy into finding it. The way to life is the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Hard times reveals what we are made of. And when things are fine, you can go to church and things are happy. When things are a little bit unstable, Anxiety start to kick in, and you start to ask the question, well, should I even go to church? We're not prepared. Mentally, we're not prepared. Physically, we're not going to, prepare, not going to be prepared to find the narrow way. Times like this test our substance. What are we made of? What is the thing that will cause you to buckle under stress? I was praying earlier. I opened my eyes, and lo and behold, our stream is cut off. And what do we do? How do we prepare? In our lives, we prepare for everything. We try to prepare for everything that we think will happen. And in our spiritual life, we should do the same. We should find the resources we should find, we should know, so that when things happen, you are not surprised. Open my eyes and I see him there and I go, okay, what do we do now? Maybe we just pack up and go home if, if I'm not prepared. We as people of God, we need to be prepared. We prepared for the circumstances and situation that might arise that we don't know ahead of time when or where, but we know it will. So are you prepared? Are you prepared for being locked down for indefinitely, maybe for a month, maybe for two months? Have you thought about what will happen? Do you have enough toilet paper? That would be frightening. Are you prepared for your life, for your eternal life? Are you prepared for what will happen when Christ returns? If we suffer with him, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 12, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. In times of crisis, our substance, whether we are made out of wood, hay, or stubble, will burn. We can't go into the fire. It will burn up. But if we are willing to invest the time to train our lives to make sure we understand what is ahead of us, make sure that our spirit and our lives are in line with the Word of God, then when things like this happen, we know what to do or we know what, how to prepare. The time has come for each one of us to examine our substance. 
when will you forsake Jesus Christ? At which point, in which circumstance, will you say, that's it, I can't believe in Jesus anymore? Have you prepared for that? Have you prepared for the time when some event happened where you said, if this happened, then I will deny Jesus Christ? I challenge you, do that. Write down on a paper, I will deny Jesus Christ when, and then write down bullet points. When will it? What will happen? What event will happen will cause you to deny Jesus Christ? Because the way of the cross is hard. It's not easy. It requires sacrifice and living not for yourself and for your own comfort and luxury, but it requires you to go out of yourself and live for others and live according to the Word of God. Take the hard way. Don't take the easy way because the easy way, the wide way leads to destruction. Jesus Christ, he prayed that God would not take them out of the world, but keep them from evil. We are in this world so that we can minister to the world the word of God, the way of salvation, and the peace of God. See, Jesus Christ did not want us to be out of the world. He wants us to be the light and be the salt of the world. And if the light doesn't shine because it's so afraid, then how can it be effective? If the salt is lost its savor, then it, Jesus says, throw it on the ground. It's of no use. So we need to prepare ourselves. We need to prepare the light so that when the, the, well, when the light goes out, the Christian light will begin to shine. We must be willing to walk in this darkness, in this darkened world, and offer the peace of Christ through the gospel. Luke chapter 13, verse 24. Strive to enter in at the straight gate. For many, I say unto you, we seek to enter in and shall not be able to. Luke offer a, a bit of a different perspective on what Jesus Christ says here. What he said is strive to enter in at the straight gate. That's the wrong verse up there. We just lost our uh, projector. Strive to enter. Um, okay, he's back, he's back. He's going to be back on. That's Luke 13, 24. I hope you're enjoying this because I am enjoying this. It, it's unprecedented. We've never done anything like this before, so might as well, let's enjoy it together. I'm getting familiar with this. I'm a little stiff in the beginning, but I'm, I'm getting used to this. All right. Strive to enter in at the straight gate. We need to make an effort. We need to strive, meaning you, you need to kind of make your own way to get into the straight gate. For many, I say unto you, we seek to enter. I mean, they, they want to enter and shall not be able because the kingdom of God suffers the violence. There are a lot of people and those who find it, they want to get into it. Some will find it, but then once you find it, you need to strive to enter because you know who's in the way? You are in the way. Your flesh is in the way. Your flesh doesn't want to go down the straight and narrow. You need to tell your flesh to get out of the way. Get this fear out of the way so that you can enter down into the straight and narrow because that's the only way to life and peace. The Christian must find the gate of eternal life because it has, we have to lead others down this, this road. And if we can't enter in, we can't find it, then, well, good luck to those who are following us. Those who are fearful, they won't be able to find the way. If those who are able to find a way, the flesh might be in the way and they won't be able to enter in. The mark of the Christian is perfect peace. We know it's hard. We know it's painful, right, Ben? For everything that we want in life, we know that we need to pay a high price for those things. Let me tell you this. You can and you will conquer your flesh because Jesus Christ has promised the victory. These things I have spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. In the world 
ye have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Jesus Christ has overcome the world. Let's go down and look at verse 6. Jesus says unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Jesus Christ is the way to life. We need to learn this man. We need to emulate this man. We need to submit to his authority. We, we need to dig into everything that he said, and we need to believe what he said. Acts chapter 20, verse 24. But none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. There is a price we need to pay to be a Christian. And that the joy, the joy is not enjoying it yourself, but the joy, the lasting joy is seeing someone else receive satisfaction, someone else receive gratification. That is true joy. Because whatever we experience ourselves will soon go away. But if we can offer joy to someone and they experience joy, then the joy that they experience will become your joy and nothing can take that away from you. But the joy that you experience yourself will be gone. So what is the mark of the Christian? The world needs a savior in a time like now, but they don't know how to get to Jesus. Christians are the signposts that lead people to Christ. Now, the job of the signposts is that it has to stay there. I chuckle because I think about the church. If the church keeps moving around, if the church closes the door one day, opens the doors another day, no one knows what to do. The job of the Christian is to point the way to Jesus Christ. We can't move. The signposts can't move. You drive down the street, you're lost, you look at the sign, and it was there one day, next day you drove down and sign's gone because it's afraid. It decides to get up and walk away because you know, everyone is running away, so it's running with everyone else. Then who will be there to point the way? We need to be unmovable. We need to not pick up ourselves and disappear when times get hard. We can't just run with the people because people are running that way and now we just run with them. We need to be here until every last person walk through the street, and find safety. So the Christian, the responsibility of the Christian is actually is a difficult one. It's not easy. You need to be the last person to leave. You need to be the last person to get up and move until every single person crossed through that Red Sea, the water still parted. Until the very last person walked through, then the water. Christian, we can't be moved. And how can you not be moved? You won't move if you believe in Jesus Christ, you believe that the storm that will come will not rip you from the foundation, from the ground, because you have placed yourself in the foundation of Jesus Christ and he will not be moved. And so you will not be moved. Do you believe that? If you believe that, then you will not be moved. You won't be afraid. You will stay there until the last person read the signpost and went into the right direction. And then the Lord will come and take you because upon which you are grounded is also the Lord Jesus Christ and you want to be with Jesus you don't want to move you want to be with Jesus and you are the signpost that leads people to life let not your heart be troubled the storm will come but I will say this you will remain if you are the signpost and you are built on Jesus Christ the storm the tempest the earthquake the whirlwind tornadoes wherever you come from they will come 
But if you are built on Jesus Christ, you'll not be moved. So let not your heart be troubled. Believe in Jesus Christ. The signpost has to be steadfast and vigilant. Signpost is worthless if it fades and changes over time. Have you ever seen drive-by and there's a sign and nobody maintains it? And so now it's faded. You don't know what it's saying. It no longer serves the purpose. If Christian, we no longer have our testimony. We no longer have our faith. If we change over time, today we hear something, we latch onto it, and tomorrow we hear something else, we latch onto that, and we're not constant. We're not steadfast. And people can't understand what we are saying because yesterday we said something and today we say something completely different. Christians, we have to be steadfast in our faith, in our belief. So make sure you know the doctrine. Make sure you know what you are studying, what you are learning, and make sure you build your foundation on the Lord Jesus Christ. Because signposts, we can't change. We need to be the same. Of course, we can improve. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 26 and 27. Whose voice then shook the earth, but now he has promised, saying, Yet once more, I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. And this word, yet once more, signifieth the removing of those things that are shaken as things that are made, that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. The Lord is shaking everything. And today, you're living in this world, everything seems like it's shaken up. And the reason why the Lord is doing this is because He doesn't want us to sleep. He doesn't want us to slide into this stupor and wake up and find ourselves in hell. So He's shaking everything up to wake people out of their slumber, their sleep. Now Paul says that now is the time to wake out of sleep. Unfortunately, a lot of Christians and a lot of churches are sleeping. The devil is singing the lullabies and we're sleeping because everything seems to be cozy and comfortable and luxurious. And what the Lord does with this pandemic is he's shaking everything and he's asking the church, will you stand after this earthquake? Will you stand after this shaking? And if you're standing or if you're wobbling or if you fall down, then we need to collect ourselves and figure out what have we built over the years in our existence. So the Lord, in His mercy, because if Jesus Christ come back today, ooh, the thought, are we ready to go? We don't know. Some of us don't know. Some of us know that we won't. Some of us know that we will. But most of us, we have no clue. And what the Lord does, what God does, is that He's shaking everything so that you get up and you're trying to figure out whether you are awake or whether you are in a dream. And when you are awake, you can then assess the situation. What do you have? this pandemic caused everyone to ask themselves this question. What are the things that are essential? And what are the things that are non-essential? And I would like to encourage you to ask that question right now. What are the things that are essential? If you are leaving this earth, what are the things that are essential? What will you spend your time on? This pandemic is the Lord's waking us up. And asking us, are you secure? Are you safe? Do you know what are the things that are essential? Those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Signposts need to be secure. In the event of earthquake and storms and hurricane and tornadoes, people are going to have to flee. They need to figure out where to go. And we as Christians, we are those signposts. We can't be moved. We can't be shaken. With any engineering effort, you need to have tests to make sure that the things that's built is solid. The Lord is testing the church right now and asking, hey, are you guys going to stand 
when the storm is going to hit. And this, we are in the beginning of the storm right now. And it's shaken. And many people are shaken up right now. And many churches are shaken up right, right now. And we need to ask ourselves, how can we be grounded? Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Faith is the foundation. Do you believe in what Jesus Christ has said? John chapter 6, verse 39. And this is the Father's will, which hath sent me. Of all which he hath given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. His promise, Jesus Christ's promise, is that he would not lose any of us. Do you believe that? Do you believe that Jesus Christ would not cause you to stumble or fall? And if you wouldn't, he would raise you again. Do you believe that? If you do, then stand firm. Don't be shaken. Have peace, knowing that we have a job to do. We are the people who show people the way, the world the way. And at this time, if we run away, we hide, we cover ourselves in our blankets because we're so afraid, then how can the world know what it's supposed to do? We are the sign of life in this stressed world. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 8-10. through 10. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed, we are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not shaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about the body, the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. That's the formula. The formula is that you won't escape these things. But true peace is when even if these things happen to you, you are not perplexed, you're not despaired, you are not destroyed, you're not shaken, and you still carry the message of the Lord Jesus Christ. Unfaded, unshaken. That is peace. Peace is not running away and high. Peace is standing in the middle of the storm and say, I'm doing my job. That's peace. And the Lord says, he gives us strength to be able to do that. You see, the Apostle Paul relies on the strength of the Holy Spirit. We all have the same Spirit of God. The Church of Jesus Christ is the light that shines. So let our light shine. Don't put something over it because we're afraid. We need to remove that cover so that the light can shine. On every person who walks by, they need to see the Christian light so that they can see the way, so that they can escape. And one day, we believe that. And I believe this. And one day, down the road, those people will become signposts for others. And that's what we do until the Lord comes back. Lift up your countenance and smile. The sign of peace is joy. The sign of peace is when things are so bad, but you can still find joy in your life because you can stand it. The Holy Spirit gives you strength. Let not your heart be troubled. Now is the time to believe. The church, now is the time to believe. Now is the time to awaken out of our sleep. Now is the time to dig into the promises of God. Now is the time to study. What are you doing with your time right now? You have all the time in the world right now at home. What are you doing? Would you allocate some time and figure out what Jesus Christ taught and spend more time in the things that are eternal rather than the things that are temporal? Now I'll leave you with this. The Lord... In Psalm 118, verse 6, here's the promise of God. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man 
or anything due unto me. Believe and hold on to Christ's promises. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Live or die, the Apostle Paul says, I belong to the Lord. The greatest thing that anyone can experience in their life is that they live for the Lord and they die for the Lord. That's the greatest thing. Let Jesus Christ be manifest in your body. Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in Jesus Christ. Let's come to the Lord in prayer. Father, be glorified through your word and through the preaching of your gospel today. May you be shown so brightly through us. May the Christian at this time emerge out of the shadows into the places where they need to shine, into the places of darkness, into the places where people find themselves hiding of fear because of the uncertainty of this time. Father, I pray that the Christian will now rise up and open up and allow the light of Jesus Christ be shown through our actions, through our words, through our devotion, through our steadfastness, and through the unshakableness of our foundation in which we have been built on Jesus Christ. Raise up the church, Lord God. Cause us to walk out of that comfortable bed that we have been used to for the past few weeks and cause us to get up and say, what should I do, Lord? How can you use me? How, how can I be of service to you? What can I do? How can I help? Cause us to be mindful and be aware that it is not us, but it is God which works through us and in us, accomplishing what your will is for each one of us. Cause the church, Lord, to be the beacon not only of peace and of hope, but of joy, of gladness, that the world know that it doesn't matter what may come. We will stand and we will shine the light of Jesus Christ at this time. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.